Welcome to the Blends, Breaks, and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. I am your host, Troy Rice. Creativity is often taught as a solo practice, and therefore a person that is good at drawing or music is said to be creative. But creativity for kids as well as adults is not limited to the creative arts. Most things we value in life today did not derive from an original idea, but rather concepts that have been blended, broken, or blended. A result from disciplined focus, connecting big picture insights with rigor and testing and small variations. This podcast is to inspire you to create your future, a future you can be proud to live in. On this podcast, you will learn creative practices, stories from creatives themselves, and creativity and history. Looking to get started with an idea? Visit troyrice.life and join a creativity group sharing your idea for thoughtful and rapid feedback to help you create your future. All right, now go blend, break, and blend our world, your world. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Bends, Breaks, and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. I am your host, Troy Rice. On today's show, we have creative entrepreneur, relationship expert, and health enthusiast, Jade Samadhi. Jade began his journey at On Call Health as an account director before leading the growth for Local Line, an e-commerce and logistics platform for food suppliers. Jade recently founded and launched his own startup company, Smart Recover, a company that helps businesses who provide educational courses and programs reconnect with potential customers who might abandon a cart by offering real human touch points and thoughtful conversations to help the customer make decisions for their educational needs. Jade is a master when it comes to building strategic relationships focused on reciprocal value, and I am proud to call Jade a friend. Jade, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Troy. Uh, definitely consider yourself a friend as well, and uh, really honored to be on the pod. Awesome, man. All right, let's dig in. So the first question we ask all our guests is, what does creativity mean to you? Yeah, that uh, is a great question. That got me probably 20 minutes on a rabbit hole thinking about this. And I think the biggest thing that creativity means to me is basically in that creativity is uniquely human. Like we have the unique ability to like, have the capacity to make abstractions and deviate from the norm, um, unlike robots and animals. So, I mean, when I think about creativity, it's like, that's sort of a simple way to put it, but I think it's the most important to me because from my perspective in the modern world, you know, everything is really about moving away from that level of sort of creativity and humanity and making everything like steady and routinized and consistent and homogenous, but creativity is like the essence of humanity and basically the ultimate expression of whatever soul someone might believe exists. Creativity is the fundamental uh, outcome of that. And that I had never really considered it, but um, I think that's uh, where, what I consider to be the sort of most fundamental important aspect of creativity yeah yeah we know sometimes we talk about on this podcast like the notion of uh, a 70 year old wanting to write a book for the first time and having it be like their creative legacy right like what what type of life did they imprint on the world and how could they leave that as some form of memoir or whatever uh so that it, it showcases like their creations as, as they lived 
And so we think that's funny because a lot of times like, all right, you're, you're 70, you're 75, like what's the purpose of putting together a book? Like, um, and it's really that, like, it's the creation of, of life. Um, so awesome. So where did it start for you? And you could go back as far as early childhood. It could be as recent in some of the ventures that you've done. But when you think about your first step into a creative journey, where did it start for you? Hmm. I, I think that's a tough question to answer because I think it just uh, is a part of my fundamental humanity. And I think it, that, that must be the case for everybody where it's, it's not something that you, you can definitely nurture it, but you're not going to, you know, read a book on creativity and have that be the, the essence of the creative work that you can do. Um, so I guess I always felt like I had like a, or I, I highly valued sort of unique perspectives and things that uh, deviate from the norm, which I guess might be my unique take on, like when I first think about creativity, I think about something that is unique and new. And uh, do you think that's essential to creativity? Does it have to be unique? I mean, it really, I think it depends on the person. Um, we, we had a guest come on here one time and like to consider himself the creative average Joe. And I thought that that was fascinating because what he was getting at is like, we always think about creativity as like this novelty that somebody has, whether it's something they create or just something that they do, like their actions are creative. But what he was getting at is like, I like to think of myself as creative in the moments of what I do personally in my own life. And that could be working my nine to five. It could be the small business of the uh, juice truck that they own. And it's like, I don't, I don't think of it like this is this, this luxury thing. So I I don't know how that sits with you, but. No, I think that is totally on the same page, but you could have that juice truck, but the creative, the creative aspect of it is like that one unique fingerprint that you put on it. The, the slight like the most minuscule twist i think is just as beautiful and creative and unique as uh you know some avant-garde art piece like when i think about creativity i think about right down to the micro level just the tiny things that you can do that uh might not have been there before or you know came directly from that subconscious place in your mind that you don't really have control over yes Awesome, man. It's almost like a subliminal aha moment for somebody else and yourself. Um, totally. I learned. Awesome. So how about influencers? Um, if creativity is, well, in an essence, like part of everyone's human life, did you have influencers that kind of guided you um, throughout your, your career all the way up till now? And what did that look like? Like, how did they, they help you or inspire you or get you going? Hmm. I guess in my sort of scope of creativity i always felt most influenced by entrepreneurs because they had like there's so many elements from like the macro to the micro of you know when an entrepreneur has to be creative like on the macro they find like a creative solution to a problem that exists in the market and then on the micro on a day-to-day basis you have to be very creative and you know how you address problems like you know how to choose which person to interview you out of a stack of resumes and you have to sort of get creative and be super resourceful. So that's kind of like the ultimate, uh, like founders like Cole, it, it seems like, you know, 
a, to- a total, uh, somebody who wasn't passionate about startups would look at that and be like, oh, he's a business person. He's an entrepreneur. He's like uh, a suit kind of, but in reality on the ground, it's a very creative place to be. Yeah. No, that's cool. Like peel, peeling back the onions there. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, awesome. So what does Jade do when it comes to creativity? Like, do you have some, some tricks and techniques and practices, like some things that come to mind for our guests are like journaling or, you know, ideation boards or whatever. Like what does Jade do in a typical day? Yeah. Uh, I guess this is something that I find I constantly have to, uh, remind myself to practice because it's so mm. counterintuitive on its face. But I find that, uh, and this is, I'm sure this is a phenomenon that's probably been studied, but, um, you know, when you're working on a project, you want to sort of get, basically be in front of the computer and tap as fast as you can and make as much motion as you can <laughs> in real time. But uh, what really sort of opens up the creative faucet in my mind is like hyper fixating on like one simple problem in like the, in the material world. So mm. if, for example, this weekend, you know, I took a break from working and I was scraping a gasket off of my motorcycle that's stuck. And you just, there's no way around it. I'm sitting down with a razor blade. I'm in the garage. There's no stimulation and your brain just sort of gets to, to wander and mm. uh, sort of be flexible in the sort of paths it'll it'll take you down but totally not thinking about what problems i want to solve and what kind of creative uh solutions that i i want to come up with you just yeah i totally distracting yourself intentionally and not doing the work somehow is the most high leverage use of my time so consistently yeah. Do you find yourself after doing projects like that, you come back to work and you've like figured out like this idea to solve a problem that you weren't thinking before? Yeah. Cause like when I'm sitting here making the magic happen, you know, you're so in the moment and you're wrapped up and it's hard to think about uh, the bigger picture of things. And, and it's so tactical to be right here and you sort of do become a robot for better or worse. But when you get to explore other avenues, whether I made some, some like a ladder for my cats to get up with a tree for the summer, working with my hands, um, yes. that uh, lets you sort of slow down. And for me, at least, zoom out and see the big picture where uh, you can sort of insert that creativity and that humanity into your work. Not to get too grand with it, but that's how I see it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's a what I felt like you were going into a little bit there is flow, right? Um, you found projects to kind of open up your flow and uh, it kind of shifts your mind away from the robotic uh, process of life and back into the creative journey of life. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's a, of course, the, the sort of word I'm looking for. And it, it's interesting, like the balance you have to strike because you can't be creative eight hours a day because it's just not, going to be uh the greatest use of your time likely but balancing that sort of there are advantages to being a robot and there's a reason why the modern world sort of pushes everything to be robotic and consistent but you know you can miss out on so much by not having 
and, and optimizing for creativity and whatever you're working on. Yeah. Awesome, man. I think oftentimes we've, we've heard this phrase, like people that live too deep in a creative world are almost considered insane, right? Insanity. <laughs> they're, they're going around and round in circles or they're going deep into rabbit holes. And what happens is it's not that they're not coming up with an amazing idea. It's the execution of it. They haven't found their way back to where mm. the execution should take place. Uh, so themselves and others can enjoy it. Um, and I know like the concept of, of habits, it has to be ingrained in that robotic process, right? Which is like, I know I have X amount of time in a given day and in my life. Like if I don't figure out habits where it's a little bit robotic uh, executing on, on tasks, then uh, time will get away from me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. And you know, the, you can find creative spark in the habits. Somehow if you get almost so robotic with it, um, sometimes you sort of go full wrap around and your subconscious can, you know, bring something to the surface Yeah, because you're in that, that flow state that you're mentioning. So, so let's shift gears a little bit here. What, what would impact your creativity? Like, let's say like fear sets in rejection, like you're in the entrepreneurship journey. And so when you are experiencing things that don't really maybe meet expectations or something that you creatively even coming up with that didn't work out, how do you handle that? And how does that impact your creativity? And then what brings you back? That's a good question. Yeah. When you, uh, it's easy to get creative when things are going well and you're sort of thinking of these fanciful ideas on where things can go. Yes. But when you, you get that punch to the jaw that happens and is sort of par for the course, it's hard to have that same sort of uh, perspective and you want to sort of retreat and just be conservative and do the sort of easiest thing. Um, but I think sort of to remedy that and to get the creative juices flowing, it's again, not rocket science, but just zooming way, way back out. And, you know, it's amazing how many divergent paths life takes you down. And literally, you know, just because one path is blocked off, you have that bad meeting, what have you. There are like, the opportunity is still, you know, truly immense by, any standard unless you're being you know put in prison or, or given the death penalty so um having the perspective that uh you know creativity can usually get you to those most divergent paths around whatever obstacle you're you're reaching um and it, this is not something that i am great at but that that's what sort of what i strive to the perspective i strive to take when trying to remedy for that yeah, no, that's great. I was, I wanted to have a conversation a little bit about what happens when things change, right? Because it's one thing, like you said, to be creative in times where things are great uh, and juices are flowing. Let's say the timing's right, right? You're being creative in your in your most creative time of your day as well. But then something happens, and what does that do to your your mental capacity? And does it create blocks? And I know for as an entrepreneur, it does for me. Um, and I have to do certain things to kind of reset my my mind a little bit and it might just look like the form of going for a run going for a walk doing some meditation playing with the kids like something because i don't know if i can come back to it with a clear head 
Yeah. Shut it off. Shut it on again. Yes, definitely. Pull the cord. So throughout your journey, and we talked a little bit about in the intro of, of the things that you've done, um, share a couple of, of examples of how you've leveraged creativity in yourself to come up with something and then get us to the point of now where you've launched your own company and what does that look like and how creative you have to be on a daily basis. Uh, and so take us through a couple of those examples. Oh yeah. Um, see, I think where my biggest inspiration comes from, at least in like a more professional context um, is definitely just fixating on a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when I was working at local line an e-commerce, the world's leading e-commerce platform for, uh, farmers and farmers markets. Um, I, I really loved the problems that we encountered there because it, it would, I was in digital marketing. So we're trying to think of like, how do we, uh, you know, attract farmers on the internet to look at the software tool. And it's just, uh, you know, when you think about those kind of big fundamental problems, you can, I mean, that, that kind of fixation where you have something exciting, like this new tool is going to innovate an industry and a big sort of problem, which is, you know, finding the people to actually use this platform. You get to sort of in your mind, go down each avenue about, I guess it's kind of hard to explain, but like, just think really, really hard on all the different ways that, uh, and, and basically reverse engineer the outcome, which is, I guess, that's sort of how I, what I think of my sort of biggest creativity muscle. I make beautiful wooden cutting boards for all of my friends and family at Christmas, <laughs> but through the year, um, I, I love uh, brainstorming on how to solve those problems. Um, and you kind of just have to, take a bunch of wax at it and get in that sort of flow state where you're pounding through Google, figuring things out. Um, and I guess one example of that I am particularly proud of where I came up with like a creative solution to a problem was in addressing the problem of how to attract uh, farmers on the internet. And basically what I, I sort of had to reverse engineer, you know, why, what would a farmer get value out of apart from, you know, a cool software tool. And uh, basically what I settled on was a list of all the uh, local and sort of boutique grass-fed kind of restaurants in America and the contact information for the chef so they could you know, potentially find new customers. So that's a big problem that farmers face. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Like that would be valuable to a farmer. Then, okay, you have to be creative and come up with other problems because you're not going to be able to drive to all these restaurants and write down their names. Um, so then we sort of looked at like, if we just went to every Yelp page and then search for the word, like every city on Yelp and search for the word, like local grass fed X, Y, Z, um, we could get their, like the name of the restaurant. But like, once we have the name of the restaurant, we kind of need their contact information and like the chef's name too. Right. And then, I mean, it's just a, a constant, uh, string of like, unique and novel problems that you couldn't just feed into a robot and have it be spit out all the way from like figuring out, uh, you know, what we would build to attract a farmer to building the thing 
to getting it into their hands. Um, I felt like that was a sort of a totally novel thing that no one had ever done before. And it was just a result of just sort of fixating and pushing her through those like six steps to get there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's awesome about that is you, it's not like you had to go and create a shiny object. You just had to get creative in what the outcome was that you would be ideal for you. Backtrack to that, to something that's optimal and then figure out how to do, how to deploy it. Um, and so what's beautiful about that is like, that's the nature of creativity, right? That's, that's really what it's about. Um, it's not about the shiny object always. And that's the root of this podcast, right? The, the bends, the blends and breaks, because a lot of things in life are that people taking things and mixing, matching them, blending them together and coming up with this beautiful process uh, that seems yeah. to work. So, And uh, I mean, it, it just, what's beautiful to me is like about when I started thinking about creativity, when we I sort of booked this podcast was uh, thinking about how only humanity can do this. I guess potentially AI in the future can figure out that a farmer would want to see a list of chefs and then pull out information. <laughs> <laughs> but with a given paradigm, um, mm-hmm. it couldn't have happened without a human touch. Yeah. Yeah. Or that interaction of that service to happen might still need a human, like a human in mm-hmm. emotion. So um absolutely awesome so i want to give you a chance to talk about um your new company first uh but also tell us how you get to that because working for a couple different companies you know allowing yourself to be creative maybe even autonomous uh in that role is definitely different than just launching your own company and creating as you go and building a team around you and so Walk us through the thought process there, especially for anybody that is curious about starting their own business themselves or even just creating a side hustle uh, and building something. Um, what does that look like to Jade? Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good question. I think, I mean, in getting there, um, unfortunately, and I, maybe to the point of this podcast, it wasn't, I'm not some kind of incredibly, you know, eccentric, uh, passionate person who, you know, it came to me in a vision during a, a like a dream or an acid trip. Um, I kind of, I, I, since I've always wanted to start my own business, I've always, I mean, the fundamental tough question to think about is like, how do you provide value to other people? And for me, particularly in the world of tech, it's like, how do you build a product that can add value to people where there was no, product before which is what really gets me excited like if just if this is like a totally novel concept or a novel concept or a old concept applied to a new uh industry or what have you um that really gets me excited and uh basically just being a sort of tech nerd and consuming a bunch of information i always have this sort of script in the back of my mind thinking about you know how could something be twisted or turned or bent or <laughs> corrugated uh to fit a different uh market and then uh basically to sort of bolster my past point about you know really loving creativity for the humanity of it uh i came up with a solution that sort of can insert 
a very human experience, a truly human experience into what it was previously kind of like a totally robotic and formulaic uh, process. Yeah. And so like, cause when I, my understanding of what you do too, is like you, you provide that, that missing link when somebody is curious about a product, but they haven't executed on purchasing it yet. Um, or even, you know, step two, let's say you kind of come in and help them guide the customer through what the service is and then try to meet the customer's need if it's the right service um, and get them to, to pull the trigger. And so what's interesting about this, I was thinking about this today is that the evolution of like online education programs uh, and helping people out that are not, you know, physically in person. Like I come, I sit in a classroom and I learn something from you is quite different than trying to research online. Is this a good, am I getting value for this, for the cost that I'm paying? What can I do with it? And then what I've noticed is like companies have gotten very good at building the funnel, uh, at least the beginning funnel of getting the information out there and trying to get customers to navigate through making a decision. But the piece that seems to be lacking is, well, what happens when a customer falls outside the funnel? Like, what's the expertise level? And sometimes based on what you've said in your research is that's where the lack of the human touch comes into play. It's, it's the, I've automated to this point. I'm trying to save business resources. How do I make sure that I can still land on the retention here? And that's where you guys come in. Is that like a good way of explaining it? Yeah, that's a really unique uh, way to put it. I I don't think I've uh, quite framed away, but yeah, I guess, yeah, that the, the fundamental problem is, um, you know, websites and the copy you write and that video sales letter on the page and all these blogs, like they're all trying to mimic you being there and selling somebody, another real human being, your good or service. Um, and while websites are fantastic and they're infinitely scalable and they're super simple, um, when you're selling something like a course uh, or some kind of service, like a, a coaching service, uh, it's the the variance of outcomes when you're engaging in that sort of purchasing decision. They're so high. Like when you're buying a T-shirt, it's going to be cotton. It's going to have four holes in it. Very low variance of outcomes. But with a course, you know, this is something that you know it's addressing a real problem that you have, mm. and who knows if it's going to have this module on that or if this is like a a trustworthy coach who uh, I'm going to give, you know, high three, maybe four figures to teach me this thing and get me six months ahead and whatever I'm trying to learn. So having that uh, level of human engagement, especially through SMS is how we facilitate it is like a sort of scalable way to have those one-to-one experiences and uh, sort of have your brand make more of an impact than just, because people are like looking at like a thousand web pages a day, but they're only texting their close friends and their mom. <laughs> so when you can meet people on that uh, front, you can make up for a lot of the difference in the copy and the funnel that people are so good at optimizing. Um, but this is sort of like a simple creative way to solve that problem. Awesome. Awesome, man. I want to give you a chance to share about that. So <laughs> very, very cool, valuable uh, proposition, right? Especially for a company that may be strapped with resources, but still does want to maintain that, that connection. Um, because 
most entrepreneurs come from a place of caring exactly what they offer, right? Like it comes from their own story. It comes from a, a, a conglomerate of stories relating to a similar concept. But what happens is they have like this entanglement of like, how much time do I have versus how much time can I get out there and help somebody with it, whether it's a service or something that they're trying to offer. And that balance sometimes cause comes at the deficit of that connection um, all the way through. So very cool that you guys are doing that. Thanks. Yeah, I uh, I'm excited to see where this this takes us because that uh, simple nugget of humanity. I mean, I'm gonna have to be very creative in the other places we apply this this model in the next couple months. Yeah, that's all part of the process, right? <laughs> awesome, Jade. So before we wrap up here, um, any last thoughts for our listeners? And so if, if somebody is you know, looking to get started as an entrepreneur, looking to, to be a little bit more creative in their current role, whatever they do, or looking to just do something fun and creative themselves or with their kids. Like what's, what's one message that you could leave them with um, to just take one step forward towards, towards doing a more creative practice. Hmm. More creative. Um, I'd say if you're in that kind of predicament, you're, you'd probably want to follow your gut instinct and figure out, you know, I mean, for me, the biggest part was like, where do you want this creativity applied? And you can look all over the world, but you know what you sort of where you want to apply it innately. Generally, if you, if you do enough sort of reflection Um, and then uh, I guess it's tough because I, maybe being less judgmental of like, and it's not an easy ask, but attempting to be less judgmental of yourself and your thought process and just letting it ride out. Just like the first point on like, you already know what you want to be, which facet you want to be creative in. It's like, you just, and even if you do know, oftentimes people are like hiding it under the couch because they really don't want to, you know, have people know that they're interested in that thing or they don't want themselves to themselves to uh, admit that. But um, be less judgmental of yourself and trust your gut and let it flow. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. I love the kindness rooted in there. Like you have to be kind to yourself before you can truly build in a creative journey. So I love that. Cause it's coming from your essential humanity to my point yeah. before. So yes, it, it's gotta be from, you gotta like yourself. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me on. It's been uh, it's grateful for, for me because we're friends and I love to bring on anybody that uh, I, well, I highly value to, to be on the podcast and uh, to share their story. So thank you for helping inspire our listeners. Oh, thanks for having me. I love the, uh, the message you're getting across in the vision uh, for the podcast. Sorry, I'm rambling. And oh, that's okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks to all our listeners for listening to the, the Ben's Breaks and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. We like to bring on guests from all walks of life to share their creative journey to hopefully inspire you to either take one step forward or to revisit your creative practice. So we look forward to the next episode and bringing on another guest. Thank you. And we appreciate your support.